the Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports. I'm so sad. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> it, it took me a minute. It actually took me a minute to realise what just happened. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. We're good to talk to Desi Farrell this morning. Desi, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning, Chair. Nathan, how are you? Congrats. Well, yeah, what was your night like? Uh, the night was lovely, yeah. It was great. Um, sort of uh, couldn't wait to get to my bed either at, at the same time. It was one of those types of days. But uh, no, it was, it was lovely to spend time with family and friends and uh, share a special special period after a day like we had. What was the what was your experience with the match like? Because it was bloody tense for us as neutrals. I can only imagine how tense it was for you. What was the ebb and flow in your sense of it? Yeah, it was. Um, I think it probably went according to script. Uh, we we knew it was going to be nip and tuck all the way. Um, I, I'd hate to actually watch it as a spectator myself because I can imagine what that was like. But when you're on the sideline and you're sort of trying to be on task and you're engaged the, the brain is engaged and active and all sorts of different things you know so the, the tension piece of it doesn't really hurt you're still trying to uh, figure out the puzzle and come up with different solutions to different challenges as the, as you see them in front of you so it's um yeah but it it, it was just over and back and um i think ultimately we, we had that, that sense of belief uh, that we'd get there at the end and uh, materialise that way, thankfully. When the Gainey goal goes in just before half-time, uh, a lesser team, a less experienced team, um, a team maybe who wasn't prepared for something like that, might find that to be a bit of a shock to the system because you played quite well and contained them in that first half. So what's the conversation at half-time like? Yeah, the conversation at half-time was positive. It's strange. So sometimes you might go in at halftime in a lead or a comfortable lead and it's a different type of conversation because you, you're not so happy with how, how the performance has been in, in the first 35 minutes but, but actually at halftime yesterday we, we were happy with how we were playing uh, defensively obviously they have some huge threats up front and even their some of the defenders their backs are, are very comfortable going forward so there was uh, a big emphasis on team defence and containing them. And uh, we thought, although it was a sucker punch just before the halftime whistle to concede that goal, uh, we thought defensively we'd done very well and very happy with that. And just make, make uh, some adjustments up front into our attacking game was what was required at halftime. And uh, but we, yeah, we were happy with where we were at. It's a good sign when there's such a debate about the man of the match that there was probably four or five different Dublin contenders who put their hands up. Uh, Mick Fitzsimons, very unlucky not to get it. I think everybody felt going in that, you know, Clifford gets six points regardless of what happens, and he ends up with three. Can you talk about your how you planned to contain him, both with Mick Fitzsimons marking him, but also as a defensive unit? Yeah, it, it, look, it wasn't rocket science. Um, uh, we could get a sense from, from Mick Fitz um, maybe 10 days out that he was keen to take on that mammoth challenge uh, in Mark and David Clifford. And uh, to, to Mick's eternal credit, like the, the homework and the preparation and the, the in-depth analysis he'd done on, on all his opponents, but uh, particularly for this one, uh, it's something to behold. And, and then with, there was a big emphasis on team defence that... It, it wasn't just going to be mixed responsibility. It was everyone's responsibility to 
to, to marshal a player like David and, and you know the problem with that is it can open up the floodgates elsewhere so we we had to be fairly strategic in how we managed that that you know it was Mick Fitz plus one other not two or three others and uh, leave other carry forwards uh, free and in space and it was just being as compact as we possibly could um, it, it worked very well in the first half for us uh, they they had a period of dominance then in the second half where uh, we seemed to be a little bit more open at the back, but uh, I think we, we got on top of that again and uh, and kicked on from there. And in the second half then, what was your sense of how that went? So obviously there was that period where Kerry were getting on top and then in the final 10 minutes, a couple of your big players start to find pockets of space or carry the ball for 60, 70 yards and really just drive it at the heart of that Kerry defence. What was your sense of how that the game was unfolding, particularly in those last 15 minutes? Yeah, we sort of anticipated that it might open up a little bit more in the second half uh, because, you know, Kerry are renowned for obviously having some serious attacking threats. Um, they're very good defensively themselves, have good structure, uh, some really good one-on-one defenders. So uh, we, we knew space and time was going to be at a premium. Um particularly in the first half, but that there may be opportunities that might start to open up a little bit in the second half. And, um, you know, some of our fellas uh, got that little bit of space uh, to big turnover as well, which helped Cali Basquiel did brilliantly uh, in terms of turning over Kerry Defender, uh, which set up the goal for, for Paddy Small. And we we spoke about it in advance that this game was going to turn on, on the big moments. And... Uh, tried to win as many of those moments as you possibly could, particularly going down the stretch. Uh, How enjoyable has it been to manage this group over the last 12 months in particular as as the old stagers returned, but as some of those new younger players also managed to begin to put their hand up for selection? Yeah, it's really enjoyable. Um, It's a great season. It's, you know, it's it's well-renowned and well-spoken about the the, the older guys and the senior guys and um, the t- types of individuals they are, some special people and uh, and then we, we had a lot of young players come in over the last two years I think something like 22 in total in the last two seasons and uh, we, we just got a great blend going um, the, the younger guys full of enthusiasm, energy uh, eager to learn um, there were some really good student mentor relationships developing within the group and I think uh, a lot of the younger guys, they really spark life into some of the senior guys as well. And, you know, having a bit of fun and, and a bit of crack is important along the way. But uh, a lovely little bond seemed to emerge and, and that type of a dynamic within the group. And, um, and and then the other part of it is timing, of course, you know, different season, different format, competition structure, uh, not an exact science. You've got to trust your gut with a lot of these things in terms of when to push and when to hold back and, and ultimately to, to be able to peak at the right time, which which thankfully uh, seemed to happen for us yesterday. Uh, we've been doing a deep analysis on James McCarthy's uh, wedding yeah. and what must have developed uh, that night. Like, Was it during James McCarthy's speech? Did he give a shout-out to Stephen Cluxton and say, you're my one true love? Actually, please come back. How, how, did, that actually, uh, how did that actually happen? There's a, there's a lot of speculation around how, how uh, those... Uh, conversations materialised um, uh, so, some of them may have happened at the wedding, some of them may have taken place before that as well So, but um, look at it they're, they're great lads, they have great relationships themselves and uh, 
there's that special bond um, from, as you can imagine, from fellas who have soldiered as long as they have together. So uh, it was great to see uh, some of those more experienced lads who'd been away for some time uh, come back. Um, but it was always a case of the door was always open and it was just whenever they were ready. Um, and uh, if that day came, we were, we were delighted to have them back. You also deserve a lot of credit for bringing Pat Gilroy on board. How did that all come about? Uh, Pat and myself obviously played together uh, over the years and um, uh, we have a great friendship and great relationship. Uh, even when Pat won in 2011, I was the, the with, with the senior team, I, I was the, the minor manager at that stage and uh, Pat was always a great assistant. And even though he was busy with a big job himself, he was always keeping an eye out for or how were we, we were getting on um, with the minor team. And the same with sort of under-21 teams over the years. It was always a great sounding board. And uh, Phil would have a cup of coffee with or uh, pick his brains on certain things. And um, and, and that would have been the case uh, over the last couple of seasons. And then um, at some stage this season, I said, sure, sure, why don't you give us a little bit more of a dig out? And um, he started coming out to some of the sessions and being around the great place. And he's been brilliant you know his experience and uh just the type of man he is he's um uh was, was great to have his input and support all season can i just ask about those quieter moments you had last night with your family and friends because it's a tough gig being the Dublin manager you know you win a game in leinster you don't win it by 10 points you get stick you draw at ross common earlier in the championship you're getting stick for that it's sort of relentless the level of expectation that is there there seemed to be a sense watching you on tv last night of just relief. Can you talk about actually getting that time to yourself and actually being able to sit down and maybe have that first moment of contemplation of what you've achieved? Yeah, it's um, and it is just the first moments because you know there's a lot going on at last night's event, and uh, I think it's probably over the next couple of days that we'll get actually some some quieter time and quieter moments to be together to be together as a group ourselves, and uh, I'm looking forward to those moments and those conversations. Um, they're, they're a great crew, as I mentioned, um, you know, special affection for them. Um, the service that some of the senior lads have given to Dublin football over the years is just it's unquantifiable. Um, and then, you know, I, I've been very privileged to have worked with some of these men now when, the, when they were kids. And uh, I've seen them grown from uh, young young boys to young men over the over the course of the last 10, 12 years and a very privileged position to be in. So it's, um, I'm delighted for them. They're, they're a great crew and uh, um, they deserve that yesterday. Have you thought about what's next for you yet? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, uh, I have a cup of coffee here beside me and that's that's definitely the next thing. I, um, but uh, no, look, at we'll, um, you know, there, there's some of the players obviously are going to be in that position as well where they need to make some decisions and... Um, uh, yesterday, today, or tomorrow isn't the time for that. You know, um, I think everyone will um, take time to reflect on on what's next for them, and uh, uh, we'll see how that all unfolds in due course. Yeah, well, I think everybody will give you whatever space you need to to make whatever decision you want to make, because that's the the benefit of having this little bit of of breathing space and moment for re- reflection. Uh, this is obviously very different from winning your first time with the group. This is like the full board. It'll be a homecoming you'll be able to go out and meet people and fully enjoy it it's like um a very different experience i suspect from the first one that you won as manager yeah definitely uh, the first one we won back in 2020 uh 
the uh, post-match celebrations were, were quite mooted, as you can imagine. Um, we, we went back to Parnell Park, and it was just players and backroom team only, no no partners, no families, and uh, and, and that was lovely and special in its own way. Um, but but yesterday was was very different, and uh, it was a delight to have um, family and friends around and to be able to share that special time. How does it compare with winning as a player? Um, it's very, very different. Um, as a player, you're just solely focused on yourself uh, and and getting yourself right. Um, as a manager, there's um, there's much more responsibility, and uh, it, it's actually you know there's nothing like playing, Jerry, as you can imagine. Um, but it's it's definitely it's um, a privileged position to be in to to work with players like this, and um, I'm just delighted for them all. Well, listen, enjoy your coffee and whatever comes next, Desi. Congratulations, cheers. Thanks, lads. Thanks a million. All the best. So Desi Farrell giving us some thoughts there. Uh, Paul, it is a, a stunning achievement from Desi's perspective to face down the criticism that he faced in the last couple of years, to get the band back together, to convince them that it was the right thing to do, and then to reintegrate them into the team in a seamless manner. Because, you know, it, it, it can't be easy to bring those lads back and to manage that whole thing properly. Yeah, look, I, I think Desi comes out of this with fantastic credit. Um, you know, he he explains it away uh, in a very gentle manner there in relation to Pat Gilroy coming back on board. But like Desi would have assessed and like they were so close in the last two years uh, to getting over them semi-finals, um, but yet they didn't. And looking at some of the guys who maybe started last year. Uh, you know, sort of the next wave of players that was coming through. Larkin O'Dell started against Kerry last year. Tom Lehith played. A lot of them guys didn't get game time in the crunch moments this year. And Desi probably looked and said, you know what, we are just a bit short. Um, and then whatever conversation took place uh, to get the three lads back. Well, let me, uh, let me hold you there again. Sorry, Paul, because we'll get to that. We've actually got Brian Howard with us now as well. Brian, good morning to you. How's the head? Oh, fresh as the daisy. Are you, Ready yeah? to go again. <laughs> uh, how sweet was this one? Uh, there, there was there was something a little different to this one. Um, just that bit sweeter than, than the other past few years. But uh, I know every All-Ireland is, is obviously amazing, but you, you always treasure the most recent one, and especially when you've missed it for, for two years. And you sort of, as I, as I mentioned, you don't sort of realise what you got till it's gone sort of uh, mentality so I know it was amazing getting back up, up those steps it was it was a special day When as the year unfolded you, did you begin to think actually hang on a second with everybody who's come back and with the younger players starting to put pressure to make sure that everybody's at it that you were at the same level that you've been at in previous years Yeah and, and it was a strange one enough for me this year in terms of I probably missed a lot of the pre-season um, doing a bit of travelling but I came back in uh, a bit in December but mostly in, in February I came back and, and I was blown away with with the standards that were there um, from the older cohort but also the younger lads what they were pushing on and and they were making the standards they were the standard bearers um, and coming back into such a competitive squad it, it was amazing and, and that's when I sort of knew this is our year and, and we were obviously at, at the league it wasn't um, it wasn't an easy 
say it by any means. It was it was a tough tough battle throughout the league, but we sort of knew something was brewing, and and thankfully we hit a foot, we hit the bit of form in the last couple of games, and and we were able to get over the line. We've seen uh, the likes of Paul Mannion and Jack McCaffrey take extended breaks. For you, how important was it to take even those few months to go travelling to sort of recharge the batteries and come back in with a fresh mindset? Yeah, it was. And, and, and look, I, I did come in and came in rejuvenated and, and ready to rock. But the, the hunger was always there for me. And um, it was something, it was just a time in my career that, that I said I'd, I'd do a couple of weeks travelling. But I, I came back in and, and the lads are in just such an amazing spot and, and it sort of inspires you and motivates you to be the best player you can be. Um, and, and thankfully that was enough to, to get out onto the pitch. But, but in fairness to the lads that have been putting in the tough, tough yards, they, it wasn't an easy pre-season by any means. And, and to see even by the end, um, lads bursting up forward and, and getting on the end of scores, just, just digging it deep. It, was, it paid dividends, all the hard work that was done in the early times of the year. Uh, your own role has obviously evolved. You've, you've basically played everywhere from, it seems, 5 to 12 at various stages, even in matches. So what was your role over the last couple of games in particular? Um, it, it was, I, I was just playing, I was playing that wing back and, and sort of protecting the lads inside. It, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, a set position by any means. It was just sort of, thankfully against Mayo, when, when you, you get the lead, um, you sort of you have the license just to sit back and you don't have to offer too much going forward because you know the only way to get back into it is with a goal. But um, no, just sitting back and, and probably getting on more kickouts, being a kickout option more than more than anything else, and, and a transition player. But it was nice to I started off a bit ropey yesterday with a, a wayward left foot shot, but it was nice to get on the, the scoreboard as well because um, when when you see likes of Lee Gannon and um, Merch and John Smalls besides and they're getting forward every every chance they get in and when you're not getting those opportunities it's nice to, to be on the end of something. And the relationship you have with Stephen Cluxon on the kickouts is obviously incredibly important to the team. How do you how do you practice that? Like is that is that you actually at training sessions working specifically with him or is that just a kind of planned on the notice board? How does that work? Yeah, like obviously there, there's a lot of work that's that's done on training ground and and, and when you see a player win the kick out in space, it's credit to the other lads around. They've created the space, they've got out of the way, stuff like that. But with Stephen, he'd be able to pinpoint anything in terms of kick out. So he's uh, all you have to do is make a run. He puts in the, the bread basket. So um, I look look yesterday. It was just one of those days that sort of worked out for me in terms of kick out. Someone's able to get on a few, but but to, to Stephen and, and the other keepers, they sort of, they've set the bar. They've They've literally made it to you. Just make a run. They put it in your in your uh, chest. So look, it was it was nice to be on the end of it, but but it's credit to the other lads being able to create the space and and make you the hero, as you say. A lot of the players have spoken about the influence of the younger guys because I guess we're focusing so much on the players that have won nine. But you know, the likes of Lee Gannon, first All Ireland, Cormac Costello, first starting in All Ireland. Not every player in that panel has nine All Irelands. Uh, and for the last couple of years, I'd imagine for those guys, it's been very difficult being in the shadows and the constant conversation of this great Dublin team that maybe people felt was gone. Yeah, yeah, and, and when you look, there's you see nine All Irelands, but you think there's a lot of lads in that group that have zero. And like Lee Gannon, Darren Newcomb, Ross McGarry, stuff like that. But when you, when you have that sort of experience with the hunger of the younger lads coming through, it's 
it sort of creates a special bond and there's a special unit and yesterday was just epitomized it in terms of the hunger still there from the older lads and like sort of Mick and Simon's James McCarthy, they're sort of hitting their prime at, at 35 years of age. So, yeah, the, the younger lads, they're, they're hungry, they're hungry than ever, and they're, they're ready to go again. Do you think everybody's going to go one one more time? Are you, are you like, already saying, come on, let's just do this, this is pretty good? Yeah, and, and now, in fairness, no one's asking those questions to the, to the older lads. It's sort of, it's a time of celebration, but in the back of their heads, they're probably like, oh, I have one more year left. And we, obviously me, I, I play with them for a good number of years now, so I'll be... Whispering their ear, well, one more year, but uh, I will see. I, I don't think they've made a decision on whatever they're doing. What's the plan for today? So, back to bed now for the next while. But uh, now going to the hospitals now in the next few minutes. And then into Smithfield for the homecoming. So, uh, another special day ahead. Well, listen, enjoy it, Brian. Congratulations. Stunning performance. Well done. Thank you. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball.